everybody. Thank you. You can take your seat. <laughs> Thank you for the very overwhelming welcome. Um, yeah. So today's my first time preaching. So I think I want to thank the leaders for giving me the opportunity to preach. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think what I want, I hope each of us today here will be able to take back is um something that will impact you individually from today's sermon, you know. Um, yeah, let's pray. <laughs> Father God, thank you for the time that we have to come to praise and worship you and to listen to your word. God, I pray that each and everyone's hearts and ears will be spiritually open and awakened to hear what you have to speak to them individually. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so we started the book of Acts, right? And I think I just gave a brief background on the book. So in the book of Acts, it continues off when Jesus has resurrected and it also shares about what men are to do next after Jesus ascends to heaven. So Jesus' ascension to heaven, right? What does that mean to the disciples? You know, the disciples were very close with Jesus and he was always there physically guiding him. So Jesus' ascension to heaven, right? will mean in that sense for the disciples, their physical source of guidance will not be there anymore. And what are they to do next as they still remain on earth? You know, and what is their purpose there on earth? So in Acts 1 verse 8, it says that Jesus, Jesus said to them before ascending to heaven, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, Jesus knew that he wouldn't be physically present with his disciples. So he told them that he would send down the Holy Spirit to guide them. And so Acts shares us with the starting point of believers, partnering with the Holy Spirit and spreading the gospel. So for us to partner with the Holy Spirit, we need to be empowered first. But how are we to be empowered first? It is that we first need to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, and Acts 1 was shared by Japheth last week, and this week we're going to go into Acts 2. That's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit took place, and the start of many events that happened with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So today my title of my sermon is The Empowering Presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, in Acts 2, we can see the many physical evidences that took place. So I have found three physical evidences that I would like to share today, which is a presence that gives power, a presence that brings transformation, and a presence that brings unity in faith. Right. So in the first point, the presence that gives power. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit took place, and we can read that in Acts 2, verse 2 to 4. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the first physical evidence, I think it's quite obvious, you know, is that the believers were speaking in heavenly language. We can see further in verses 7 to 11, if you read further on, where the believers were speaking in languages that are not their mother tongues, exalting the mighty works of God. So in today's context, it may look like one of us here, you know, suddenly break out fluently speaking in French or Filipino or Korean, you know, praising God with his, all his mighty works. And 
that is one of the ways that the power of the Holy Spirit's presence can do, which is enabling you to do something that you can't do. You know? And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is still ongoing since Jesus ascended to heaven, which is 2,000 years ago. You know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not something of the past. It is something of the present and the future present. And we see this so evidently in our midst in YM. You know, our Thursday, weekly Thursday prayer meetings and our Sunday services day in, weekly in and weekly out. You know, there is the presence of Holy Spirit here, which is the evidence which is praying in tongues. You know, so God has given us a language to communicate directly with Him that goes beyond our understanding. It is a showcase of our spirit man praying and knowing what needs to be prayed and knowing and some things that we don't know that we need to pray, the spirit man knows. So when we are praying in tongues, for those who don't know, our spirit man is praying the things that we don't know or don't even know and it is... Sorry. <laughs> it is also able to give us a deeper level in relationship with God in our utterance where praying is limited by our English vocabulary. So, also from that, right, when we are praying in tongues, something takes place in the physical realm and also the spiritual realm. You know, one of the physical things that takes place, right, and is tangible in this place is maybe giving you peace, strength, confidence, and assurance that fills us in our times of anxiety or stress, in our times of hopelessness and despair. You know, as we pray in tongues, as I said earlier already, our spirit man prays and the Holy Spirit's presence just calms our mind and soul. You know, and for the power of the Holy Spirit to be activated in us, we need to continuously cultivate a lifestyle of praying in the Spirit daily, individually and corporately. You know, for me, I've personally experienced this whereby the Holy Spirit's comfort um, became so evident in my times of anxiety and stress. I think maybe some of y'all who you know, have anxiety attacks or really, really serious stress can relate. Because there was one point in my life where everything was just so uncertain that it made me become very anxious. And I'm a person who always needs to know what's coming so that I can plan to prepare myself for what's to come. And that time of uncertainty was made myself so restless, you know, it cluttered my mind with so much thoughts, so much worries. And I didn't know it was that serious until to the point where I was just sitting in office at my work desk doing my work and suddenly my eyes became teary and then like a teardrop started to cry, you know, and I panicked a bit because my colleagues were around and, you know, you don't want one colleague to start, Hey Jen, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Then everyone start asking you and then you become the center of attention. So, um, I quickly just looked to my side. Thank God, I'm sitting next to a wall. So, I looked to the wall and then I just wiped off my tear. I put on my earphone and I just played worship songs and I prayed in tongues at my desk in a soft tone. And 10 to 15 minutes later, right, my mind was totally cleared. You know, I felt God's comfort come over me at my work desk. Not in church, not at home, not alone, you know. I'm surrounded by colleagues and right then, then God's presence just came and comforted me. You know, and 
majority of us may have experienced this, you know, you may have anxiety attacks or you may have stress. And if you have not tried praying in tongues when you experience those things, I strongly encourage you to pray in tongues and see what God can do for you, you know. And don't limit the Holy Spirit to just Sunday services. No, take it out from praying in your church, from praying in church into your daily life. You know, at home, at school, at your workplace, or even car rides when you're going to school or going to work. Okay? And that brings me to my next point, which is the presence that brings transformation. As we continuously cultivate a lifestyle of praying in tongues, transformation starts to happen in us. In verse 13, we read that there were some others who were mocking the believers who spoke in tongues as being drunk men. However, in verse 14 onwards, out of the 12 apostles, Peter spoke out in boldness, courage, and with wisdom, proclaiming Christ to the people to defend the work of God. You know, and because people were mocking the believers praying in tongues, saying they were drunk. And Peter knew that it is not because they were drunk, but it is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So for Peter, right, his old self has been a very hasty person. And we see this in Mark 8, 31-33, where Peter was the only apostle who outright rejected the plan of Jesus' death on the cross. And Jesus rebuked him right there and then. In Mark 14, 29, Peter declared that he will not reject Jesus and insisted that he will never disown Jesus. But after Jesus was captured, he was the first to reject Jesus. And in John 18, verse 10, when Jesus was to be arrested, Peter drew his sword and cut the high priest's ear. So Peter's actions were all towards the wrong things, and that led him to make some foolish decisions, that Jesus had to rebuke him for the decisions that he made. But when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him, his courage was displayed in a positive manner and defended the work of God. And this resulted in the congregation there, which had 3,000 people repenting and turning their hearts towards God. So when we are spiritually filled with the Holy Spirit, a transformation takes place in us. You know, our thinking and character becomes more aligned with God. And as we submit to the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, that takes place. So, like for thinking, maybe um, if you are someone who has negative thoughts every time, you know, if you continuously align yourself to the Holy Spirit, slowly and slowly you'll be able to see things in a positive manner. Or for character, some of the evidences would be we become more patient with others our character changes, showing kindness to people despite receiving negative um, response, and showing compassion on those who also may give you a hard time. So as we spend time with the Holy Spirit, right, there is transformation that God will want to take place inside of us. And the transformation we takes place, right, we need to first submit to God and say yes to Him. It may be a hard decision, but will you obey God and let Him work in you? Okay, yeah. So for me, um, I remember there was a moment in time when my spiritual life was growing, but it felt like there was a wall blocking from further growth. And as I continued to pray, 
God convicted me that there was resentment inside of me and I needed to seek forgiveness from this person and for me this person hurt me quite badly and the wound was quite deep and I wrestled with God back and forth because I didn't want to acknowledge that I had bitterness towards this person, I had resentment towards this person. I was like, no lah God, no, I don't think I hold any grudge against this person, I'm cool with this person. But slowly and slowly as I continued to pray, God revealed to me the condition of my heart and it broke me. And obviously I felt God telling me to go up to that person and say sorry. And it can be a very hard thing going up to the person who caused hurt to you and say, I am sorry. Um, so I prayed to God, you know, if you really want me to go, I pray that you give me the courage and the bonus to go up to this person. And I did. So I went up to this person, I apologized and everything. And after that, right, there was this sense and freedom and healing that took place inside of me. And to this day, I'm very glad that I took that step of obedience because it changed me to not hold grudges against people who have hurt me. And as we go out, right, I feel like many people can hurt you, especially in your workplace. You know, some people may have done some wrong things or even in school or uni. There are some friends who may unintentionally hurt you and you may have kept that grudge against them. But after I went through this whole period of seeking forgiveness and learning to let go and forgive even though they have hurt. It really has changed my perspective on things. It has helped me to let go of grudges very easily and let go of whatever hurt others have caused to me. You know, So as we are continually filled with the Holy Spirit, are we willing to be obedient to do the changes that God asks from us? No, obeying God begins from being faithful to the little things that He's asking us to do. And as we obey, God always comes true for us. God never fails us when you obey Him. He shows up right there and then. It builds our faith and trust. As our obedience builds our faith and trust in God, we can move on to the bigger things that He has in our life, that He has planned for our life. No. And as we continue to walk our walk with God, we are not meant to walk alone in this journey, but we have a community. So this brings me to my final point, which is a presence that brings unity and faith. So in verse 42 to 47, yes, we read that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favours of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So in verse 42 to 47, we read that there's a unity that took place in the, within the believers. Now to give a small background context, the people at that time were split in believing Jesus was the Messiah, which, and, which eventually led to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But all this changed 
after Peter spoke to the congregation and shared of the evidence from the prophecy by Joel and messages by King David. The people's understanding were opened and hearts were convicted. A time of repentance took place and the people came to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So after the repentance, the believers were devoted to building themselves individually and corporately. You know, the unity that took place here isn't that, you know, everybody suddenly got along with each other, become BFFs, no. But it was a unity of submitting to God, which is aligning themselves to the work of God. No, and putting aside their differences and disagreements to work together for the expansion of the kingdom of God. And this resulted to the numbers added daily. So more people came to believe in Jesus when they were united together. So as I was reading this passage, one clear incident that came to mind would be the first time YM did gospel camp. It was something very new for us because the gospel camp was something that we never did before or we never challenged before. And it was something different. I was part of the committee for the camp. So there were many different people in the committee who had different ideas and concepts because some of them were experienced in event planning or the camp planning. So they have their own concepts that they had back then, what works and what doesn't work. But we needed to come to a place of agreement. So before our meetings, we spent some time praying in the Holy Spirit first before proceeding to planning our meetings. And we united to the purpose that God has given us for the camp. You know, we were more focused in agreeing with God than agreeing with each other. And slowly, everything came into place. You know, uh, I think we didn't expect such a big response because it was something new. But to our surprise, we had 446 campers who registered. And out of 446, 168 were new friends. And that was the start of YM's gospel camp that went on for over four to five years. We were able, that during the camp, right, we were able to touch many people's lives, bring in new communities, and seeing God working in miracles and wonders in our camps. So, yes. <laughs> I think that's a very, very great uh, testimony that YM has been through. And we will want to bring that back again to YM. You know, so how do we become united for God's purpose? How do we first create this unity? It is to be physically united with one another, which means to join a community, be it CG or ministry, get yourself into these groups. You know, as you are being in a community, right, you are surrounded by people who are seeking God also. So that helps you to build your faith too. So as you put aside our own plans and ideas, we seek God as a community. He will input the purposes He has for us, for your ministry, and for CG also. A reflection that we can maybe ask ourselves in regarding this is that are we united to what God is doing in our midst today? Are we united to the purpose of God corporately in YM today? And those are the three points that we can see it so evidently in Acts 2. And... It talks about the wonders and the works of the presence the Holy Spirit can do. So, to wrap up, I think I'm going to tell another testimony. 
uh, as I was preparing this sermon, right, it dawned upon me that my spiritual life wouldn't be here where it was today if I did not make that decision of sacrifice back in 2016. Maybe some of us who do sports can relate. Cause, so I was in a sports team. I was very, very passionate for these sports. You know, year in, year out, I will go for competitions and I will take part in it. And for a few years before 2016, God has slowly spoken to me saying to, will you let go this sport and to do His works? You know, I wrestled with God on this so much because it was something that I was so passionate about and I, it was very hard for me to let go. And I still wrestled with God year in, year out, you know, until one year where I had a bad injury which did not allow me to perform at my best. So I pulled the hamstring on my leg during a practice and I still went for practices, <laughs> quite stubborn, still went for practices and obviously it doesn't get healed because you're not resting, right? But I still went for practices, you know, but I just couldn't perform at my best. And as there was a competition coming up, I had to make a decision whether to go or not to go, whether to take part or not take part. And I was in a very stressed area because that sport is very, very competitive. Anyone can replace you instantly. Anyone can take your place anytime you, like, slide back in terms of performance. And you know, I also prayed to God about this. I also prayed for healing for my legs so that I can perform better, right? Uh, but as I was praying, it felt God is saying to me that to give up this season, to give up this competition for this season and to just see what He do. And I still wrestle with God, quite stubborn. And slowly I said, okay lah God, I will give up this season of this competition and see what you want me to do, see where you bring me. So I was quite devastated. I was texting my captain, hey, sorry, I cannot compete this season, I'll take a rest. Uh, it broke me, because he told me like, I think 20 minutes to half an hour to send that message to my captain. But making that decision, right, I never regretted it. I still came back the following year, you know, and I competed again and go and on. So in that year 2016, right, when I let go of my sport, it gave me more time because it took out so much of my time daily. And it gave me more time. And in 2016 was when revival broke out in YM. And the presence of the Holy Spirit just became so, so evident and so heavy. And Suddenly, there were Tuesday and Thursday night prayer meetings, I remember, popping up during middle of the week, and it wasn't something planned. And because I gave up that commitment to go for practices or to compete, right, I had time to go for prayer meetings. And so I went for the prayer meetings, and slowly and slowly, I saw my prayer life change drastically. And I would feel the 2016 prayer revival is something that God will want to do again in YM. As a YM, right, I think He wants to really pour out His presence on us and see what we can do from there. And if that didn't take place, all the previous testimonies I've shared with you, 
wouldn't have taken place also. I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't have prayed in tongues when I was going through anxiety or stress. Maybe I would have kept that resentment inside of me and it may have grew too big until it overwhelms me and I become such a bitter person. You know? So, yeah, that is one of the testimonies which I think, I hope, encourages all of us to think and reflect back on our lives. And the other day, Pastor Anand shared that he had a dream that YM is not deeply in love with the Holy Spirit as we should be, despite God giving us the Holy Spirit and always wanting to pour more of the Holy Spirit over us. You know, he said that he sensed that many of us did not develop a lifestyle of being in love with the Holy Spirit every day. The Holy Spirit, right, is given to us as a gift so that we can experience the power of God and continue the work of God on earth. And as we continue to dive deeper into the book of Acts, let's start partnering with the Holy Spirit in our own lives individually and see the power of the Holy Spirit, right, that you can anticipate and experience the power of His presence, a transformation that He will bring, and unity in your community that He will also bring. And as the worship team, worship team leads us into a time of worship, um, I feel that everyone here, you know, just examine your own individual hearts. At where are you with God? You know, for those of us who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, are we cultivating that lifestyle of being in love with the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to pour more into our lives? Are there things that God is asking us to let go? Are there things that we need to do and obey God for Him to work more in our lives? Or for some of us who have yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is it time to take the step and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So do ponder and reflect on this as the worship team sings this song. And I hope that everyone here will open their hearts and say yes to God, whatever God is tugging in your heart, whatever God is pushing you to do. Let's not reject it. Let's not wrestle with God with it. If God is saying to do this now, do it. And you won't regret it because God always comes through.